0: welcome to detour to neverland your guide to living your best disney life through your hobby or business here's your hosts brendan and Catherine.
1: welcome back to detour to neverland today is episode number 159. before we get into today's interview we just wanted to send a huge thank you to everybody so we made the announcement last week that we will for until the new year be releasing Just one episode per week, and that'll be our Monday episodes where we provide our interviews with our amazing guests that we're so excited to share. Um, Just to give us a little bit of time, we've got some busy things going on. So hopefully after the new year, we will resume our normal schedule of releasing three a week. Um, But yeah, we really appreciate all of the support and everybody reaching out to us, letting us know that you'll still be here, you'll still be listening, and we truly appreciate that. So our guest today is Abby, who you can find her on Etsy and Instagram by her shop name, which is polka.paws by Abby. And I can't stress this enough. These are probably our favorite products on the entire internet. And I'm not exaggerating at all. Right after we finished recording this episode, we already had our eye on some. It happened to be on payday. Let's just say an Etsy transaction went down that was rather substantial. And we immediately got the bandanas in, which is what Abby makes for dogs that are Disney themed. And they were the most amazing things ever. We've had so much fun trying them on for Louie and Loki, our two corgis. And yeah, so it just adds that this is really great product, really cute stuff. And it's really wonderful to hear the back side of how the shop operates and how it's got its origin and just hearing the story of Abby and her shop. So. Hopefully that is a good intro for you guys. If you're not already, while you're still listening, hop over to Etsy or head over to Instagram and check out her shop just so you have an idea of what we're talking about for these dog and cat, even pet accessories and bandanas. So without further ado, we're going to go ahead and play the episode. And thank you guys so much for joining us and hope you enjoy
2: um okay hi thanks for having me guys um so i'm abby and i run polka dot paws um i make disney themed dog bandanas and other accessories um i let's see Uh, i guess a kind of interesting fact about me is um i'm really sort of i've always been both left brain and right brain i uh I am a civil engineer, um, but I also am like an avid crafter. And um, so in high school, I was the cheerleading captain and the dance team captain and also the valedictorian. So it's kind of a, people think it's kind of a strange combo, but yeah, so that's me.
1: So I work in an engineering office (laughs) with with structural engineers, so a little bit different, but A lot of their degrees are in civil, so very similar. And I can confirm, I cannot picture any of them going home and crafting in their (laughs) spare time.
2: No, yeah. No, people usually, when I say I work at an engineering firm, they ask if I'm the secretary. And no, (laughs) I'm an engineer, but yep.
1: (laughs) Oh, man.
2: Yeah, so I get that a lot.
1: (laughs) That's rough. But that's awesome. That's like a jack of all trades type thing. That's a yeah. great, great skill to have for sure.
0: Yeah. Very jealous that
2: I can do any of that.
1: Probably helps you get along with <laughs> architect architects pretty well.
2: I don't have to work too much with architects because um, oh. I do uh, like kind of public, like utility work. So we don't do too many buildings, but yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So, I
0: guess to jump into the Disney side of everything, we'll start with your Disney story
2: and how it's kind of evolved over time. Um, it's kind of one that I was just born into, basically. Um, it kind of runs in the family. My parents, um, my dad actually had never gone before he married my mom, and she grew up in Southern California, so she had gone as a child, um. And so they went on their honeymoon. Um, That was my dad's first trip ever. And then we just never stopped going. Um, I've been going to Disneyland probably annually since I was born. Um, I actually also, they used to have a program, I think they still do it, it's called Magic Music Days where like performing arts students go and perform in the park Um, and my dance studio went and we've done that twice, so I got to dance inside the park which was pretty cool um and then when I was in high school you know like I never stopped loving Disney I was always watching the movies and singing songs um but we I probably didn't go to the parks as much in high school um and then when I got to college I took my first trip with friends without my parents um I went with a friend and then I took my now husband for his It was his second trip and then ever since then we've probably gone one to two times a year uh and then this year we finally bought our first annual passes so we're pass holders now and uh we're planning on going like three or four times this year so um yeah it's just it's always been there um my parents still go without us they go by themselves too um my cousins have gone on their honeymoon. We took our honeymoon to Disney World. Um, that was our first trip to Disney World. Um, so yeah,
1: that is a Disney family through and through.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely the most hardcore. But but it's it's not uh, unique to me. Everyone everyone does love going to Disneyland.
0: Oh, yes, that's definitely. We're dying to get back there because Disney World is our park. But I think it's fun that both you and your parents both honeymooned in Disney World or Disneyland yeah. parks. Yeah. I like that.
1: Yeah. So before we learn about Polka Dot Paul, so that's the Disney side of it. We also have to learn about the dog side of it. So tell yes. us about your dog named Obi, who we just saw on screen. Before yeah. we started recording.
2: Yes, we got to meet Obi. So, yes. You can confirm his cuteness. <laughs> he is very adorable. He's a little mutt. We don't know what his breed is. Um, his name is Obi. My husband is a big Star Wars guy. Um, and that's what we thought it was a good merging of of franchises when we got married and the Disney bought Star Wars. It was like perfect timing. Um, but yeah, so Obi is about five. He's almost six. Um, and he's our little baby. We don't have any kids yet. So he's our little child. And he gets spoiled. And yeah, he pro- he pretty much lives the best life ever. <laughs> you
1: know. Obi is on Instagram a lot, and they're my favorite pictures of him. Because it's almost <laughs> like he's been coached on how he's supposed to model. These.
2: He's just naturally that cute. That's just <laughs> how cute he is.
1: No treats involved. He's just he's just ready oh, to go. Sometimes, sometimes.
0: You always need a good treat. But I love a good backstory on a dog name. Because we put a lot of time <laughs> and effort into our dog names, too. So that's yeah, fun. Yeah,
2: I wanted it to be kind of Disney or Star Wars. But we didn't want it to be like in your face, like so. It's kind of subtle, Obi Wan, but he's just Obi, and it like, it just fits him so well. Uh, when we when we adopted him, his he was called Sancho, and it just we did not like it. <laughs> no,
0: I don't see. Right. He looks
2: like an Obi. Yeah, it just fits him. Man.
1: Yeah, we put so much thought into ours that when we got Louie, you didn't even name him for a couple of days because you said you, commit. quote, had to meet his personality.
2: Yeah. I agree. I agree. You have to know. Some, sometimes it's like when you name your child before they're born, and then what if they come out and, like, that just doesn't fit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
0: know. You have to have some backup names.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we had, like, a list. Yeah.
1: Well, good deal. I love hearing the foundation of both of those things. <laughs> so, kind of, what is the origin story of Polka Dot Pals? Kind of, what conversations took place to get off the ground? What was your initial inspiration? Has it been three years now? How you know how long has it been going uh, and how's it evolved sure. and things like that?
2: Yeah, three and a half years. About I think I think I started in the spring of two thousand and sixteen. Um, I'm, so I actually, it almost was an ear shop. I almost was going to make ears. Um, I was making ears for my Disney World honeymoon. Um, and I had, I, I totally invented at the time the interchangeable bow system on my ears because I didn't want to pack a thousand ears. So I made myself one pair of ears and I made velcro bows that were all themed to different characters and like different ones for each park so I had all the right outfits to wear um and I thought I was brilliant and I was like I'm gonna sell these on Etsy um and I had a friend who has an Etsy shop and I asked her you know kind of what it was like is it worth it is it easy to use um and then I don't know I was I was gearing up to do that um and I was trying to kind of standardize what I was gonna make and make it um, replicable, so I could make the same stuff, you know. Um, and then I went to the craft store, I think for for ribbon, and I came home with fabric, and I made this bandana for Obi, and I just thought it was really cute on him, um, just for fun. My grandma had given me a sewing machine, so I, you know, I was like, okay. I can sew a triangle. So um, I sewed a little bandana for him. I put it on him I was like, oh my God, this is the cutest thing ever. He needs like a different one for every day of the week. Um, and then, I don't know, I just decided, I, I think I decided that would be easier to um, kind of mass produce. It would be, cause ears, I, I have mad respect for people who make ears full time. It is time intensive it is not quick to make a nice pair of ears. Um, And so I decided that the bandanas were gonna be something smaller, something easier that I could um, perfect. And there's also just so many people making amazing ears um, and even more now than there were then. Um, And so I just kind of, I guess I went that direction instead and then it kind of just took off from there. I started out with just really basic, you know, I made like three or four of each pattern. Um, and I kind of used my friend's dogs to um, make different sizes um, and test them out on people. And so I made four different sizes. And um, yeah, I don't know, it just took off from there, I guess.
1: So I am fully on board with this idea because I think dog sweaters are too much. I yes. don't think it's comfortable <laughs> for him. But a dog bandana is, like, the perfect compromise where they can be festive for something. Yes. And they're not, like, trying to bite it off of each other like our dogs did on Halloween.
2: Yeah. So, Obi hates ears. Or (laughs) ears, sorry. Like, clothes. He hates dog clothes, like sweaters, and especially anything that has, like, sleeves. He just, like, won't move. Um, But the bandanas are just, like, I guess I should mention for people who are listening, um... That I make a style that slips on over their collar. You just clip their collar on like normal. You don't have to tie the bandana or anything. Um, so it's like Obi doesn't even notice it. Um, I think even a lot of a lot of the kinds where you have to tie it on or something, they it's like they have you know they feel something extra on their neck. Um, but the over the collar style is really nice because I, f- I feel like most of them don't really even notice it. That's a good point.
1: Yeah, and if you haven't went and checked them out already, there are so many different Disney and Star Wars and holiday, basically anything that you could ever imagine Abby has made it and put it up in the shop and you also take custom orders as I do. well. So the opportunities are endless if you have a you know, a certain picture that you want to create with your dog. Yes. Yeah. Like maybe Jungle Book for us. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I think it's really cool that since we focus a lot of our time on, you know, talking to people within the Disney community, you are kind of involved in two communities. You have obviously the Disney community, but I feel like the dog lover community is pretty intense, too. Because, I mean, just like you said, Obie's your baby. We have two fur babies. Like, we take that yeah. very seriously. And obviously other people do, too.
2: So... When you it's think- very serious. <laughs> very
1: serious.
2: <laughs> so people are very into it. It's intense. So when you think
0: about those two communities, like do you feel yourself sometime pulled in one direction more than the other or how do you kind of find a balance between the two?
2: Um, well, I think what, what happened for me was I started out um, with just kind of generic designs um, and I was trying to stay away from like – you know, um, like Disney stuff, but, but I couldn't stay away from it. Basically. I, I was like, no, I should just do generic designs. I should keep it simple and, you know, appealing to everyone. But obviously I can't keep that out of my life. Um, so I ended up starting to buy kind of simple Disney fabrics and put those up and they went over pretty well. Um, and i was I was kind of myself already like following a lot of Disney accounts and I was buying from other small shops and stuff. Um, and then I got I got this uh, fabric that looks like those Dooney and Burke purses with all the Disney dogs on them, the blue ones. And I got like a yard of that fabric and I put it up for sale and it sold out like instantly. and I got like a bunch of new followers and everyone was like, oh, my God, you have more of that fabric. Um, and I was like, okay, so there's a market here for people who are, like, Disney fans, but, like, also dog lovers. And I felt like it was almost like a market that wasn't really being filled. Like, there are a few shops that do it. Um, but at the time, I think I I, I basically... Kind of what you guys have talked about before, like, niching down. Like, I, it was my... Like, I found this little niche of people... And, like, they were super excited about it. And, like, I've, I have I kind of have, like, built this little small community that, like, intersects the two. It's, like, people who are really into their dogs and are also, like, Disney community or, you know, like, other small shops. Um, I really like to connect, like, with other small shops who are dog owners and um, do product trades and stuff and, you know, like, see their dogs and um. yeah, D- did I answer the question?
1: <laughs> no, I think, yeah, I think you answered it perfectly. And I mean, the reason why it's so interesting to us is because like, we are your target people, like 100%. Right, yeah. Like, we're the people that we, when we first discover your Instagram, like we're sending the posts to each other. Like, yeah. oh my gosh, did you see this? And, you know. I got
2: you then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and so I think that's a really awesome spot that once you can discover something like that, where it, things starts to click and, and they make sense and you you know get fans and you get people who are cheering you on or interested in whatever the next release is that you're coming out with. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's yeah. something that we are still trying to explore and trying to discover. I mean, obviously okay. we Run, focus yeah. on people who are, on who are running side projects and businesses projects within projects. the Disney community. But there's always ways that you can niche down further and things like that. So I think it's awesome that you kind of self-discovered that by following your own interests, but, but, uh, but by also listening to what the market told you.
2: Yeah, it really, I think it really is like, it's more evident when you're making something that you yourself are super passionate about. So when I was making just generic prints, like they're cute, but it's not really like, motivating people to, like, want to click purchase, you know? Like, but when I'm making something that, like, I mean, I personally think, like, oh, my God, this is so cute. This is going to be so cute on somebody's dog. um, Or, like, you know, when you see something that has, like, a, a print on it that's, like, oh, my gosh, like, Space Mountain. I never see, like, a thing with Space Mountain on it. Like, that's how I was for a while. And and now those things are getting more popular and people are printing, this is like retro attraction t-shirts and stuff so like i'm kind of trying to do that for like for the dogs like i don't know i just make i try to make stuff that i think is really cool and then i think that's a that's apparent to customers like if you're making something you're really passionate about it's gonna have a better turnout than something that you're just like doing
1: yeah hashtag for the dogs is what we're going to look (laughs) on this episode (laughs)
0: Well, and that kind of leads to our next question, too, because we're always really interested in the design process for anyone who is creating products. So whenever you see fabrics, I mean, it sounds like it's just kind of like a light bulb. But is there a particular place where you go? Like, do you just go to Joann's? Do you just kind of search around for inspiration? Or how do you...
1: That could be a trade secret, it?
0: Well... So maybe you don't have to tell us where, but how do you (laughs) niche down or, you know, pick the places or find inspiration?
2: No, I, um, I'll answer. I'm not going to give away any secrets. I'm not going to like tell you where to go, but so I do shop at like Joanne's and stuff. I buy some of those. Um, and those I mostly use for, um, I have a bundle deal where you can, you get three for the price of two and it's like a mystery fabrics. Um you just tell me like your dog's gender and then you can tell me like if you um have favorite characters or whatever and I put together like a little personalized bundle for the for each person and I use a lot of the like more generic fabrics for that um and but then I also um I found some places like on Facebook that do custom fabric printing um and so I follow a lot of those shops and they like, that's where you find the ones that are kind of, like, Disney-inspired, or they might match, like, um, the Dooney and Burke prints, or they match, like, um, I don't know, something you might find in the park. Like, um, sometimes they have the one, the, a print that matches, like, a sweater that you might find in the park, and then, so I, I really like to find stuff that matches that, and cause people love to have their dogs, like, matching their outfit or their purse, Um so I found I found custom groups on Facebook, and um, a lot of those people who shop from those groups are making purses or ears or I don't know other stuff. And so, so there are a lot of people making bandanas out of those. So then that gives me kind of a more unique product, which that's why I like those. Um, Like to And, you know, if I've seen somebody else making something out of that fabric already, I might decide not to buy it because I want to make something that's, you know, not already being sold by someone else. Um, And then what I really did to get unique was I started making these character cosplay style ones. um, And that's something that's like really unique because somebody can't just like buy that fabric. I hand cut out little pieces to add to them to like make them pieces of felt to make them into different characters um and that was like a huge thing for me too i um those are like popular year-round um but especially at halloween
1: (laughs) the figment one makes my heart explode
2: (laughs) and sometimes i'm so surprised because that figment one actually was one that somebody requested um And being that I'm not a Disney World person, I I don't have any, like, personal investment in figment. Like, he's cute, but I don't really, you know, I'm not, like, a fan. Um, But somebody requested it, and so I'm like, okay, yeah. You know, I mean, it has the little, uh, like, pink belly and the little orange wings, but it turned out so cute, and I, like, I love that one now. Um, So sometimes, like, Sometimes the custom requests are like the best and they turn out to be some of the best products too. So I'm always thankful for like customers that have good ideas.
1: <laughs> the Bing Bong one is awesome <laughs> as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, they're oh, so. Yeah. It's amazing how much detail you can put into a dog bandana, honestly.
2: Dog, dog bandana, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went a little maybe overboard on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, that's awesome i i love that um so switching into talking about etsy specifically since you've been on there for about three and a half years now what advice do you have for someone who i think it is probably an easily accessible um one that a lot of people use platform what advice do you have or learnings that you've found of things that work on there
2: um I mean, I, I've i only used Etsy, so I, it's not like I really have anything to compare it to. Um, a lot of people complain about the fees, um, but I don't know, I think they provide a lot of services and information for you, like analytics and stuff. Um, I mean, you have to you have to pay fees. Like Etsy has to make money too. They're also a business. So, you know, you've got to pay fees for stuff. Um, and that's true of any platform. I'm pretty sure other ones like, shopify and stuff they have fees too um but i don't know i i find it pretty easy to use um i don't know what advice i would have um i kind of just learned as i went i just kind of started and i just found out um i googled stuff if i needed to know something um i would try to talk to other other people who also use it um Yeah, they make it pretty easy to start. Um, Yeah.
0: So the next thing we were kind of wondering about, and it's something that we have actually talked about before with you, which is kind of fun, but it's all about utilizing resources. And kind of in your case, the resource would be like a family member. And I think this is probably something that a lot of people who have stores can relate to since all, obviously around the holidays, that's kind of your busy season. And you mentioned that you have some family members who are willing to help. So for you, but sometimes that can be a tricky spot. So why do you think that there's definitely a positive and a negative to maybe having those extra hands?
2: Well, yeah, so so my mom and my grandma are both like amazing seamstresses. And that's, I kind of learned from my grandma a little bit. Um, but so they, they're always offering like, you know, we can help you. So, um, but I am kind of like, I don't know, stereotypical, I guess, you know, how it's like, oh, nobody ever helps me. And then they like offer to help. And I'm like, no, I just have to do it myself. Um, so that's my own, you know, like people are offering to help me. Um, but I think that it's, One thing is that I I would feel weird taking the money and having so if if they were to help me sew things and then I sell them and I keep all the money I feel like that I would need to pay them or something and I know they would just refuse that Um, and then and so and it's also just I I feel ownership over everything that I send out to people like it's very personal um, and I. I'm responsible, you know, if they're not happy with something and I just feel that I need to be in control of that. Um, so that's, that's kind of why I, um, you know, I, I accept help. I have my husband help me. Um, you know, when I have something with an iron on piece on it, I'll help him have him help me peel the backings off, um, or do something like that. He helps me. He's always there for moral support, you know, but, um, He stayed up all night with me when I had to sew all night. Um, But making the actual products, I guess I just feel responsible for making them and like for the quality that goes out.
1: As crazy as this sounds, bear with me here. It sounds so similar. I've been watching a lot of Hell's Kitchen with Gordon Ramsay lately. (laughs) I don't know if anybody's a fan of the show. But he always talks about that the executive or the head chef... Like, other people can pitch in and do things, but ultimately, if something goes out wrong, it falls back on them. Like, you have to be checking things. You are the final line of defense. And that sounds like it's kind of a similar situation that, you know, you're responsible for it. Like, it reflects back on you, and not that your mom or grandma would do bad work, but doing Um, it yourself is just kind of a fail-safe way of making sure that things go out the correct way. I bet that's a dilemma that a lot of people on the product side... Have to yeah. do
2: with, mm-hmm. and and you also the time I just what I was thinking of during my busy season is that you also have to take the time to train the people to make the items exactly the way that you make them, so there's no difference. Um, and then you know there might be some trial and error with that. So, um, f- like for me, for certain things, if you mess up a one of the bandanas, that's a physical piece of fabric that I can't reuse anymore. Um, you know, sometimes you can back the stitches out and, you know, redo it. But if, uh, I don't know, it just, it feels, it's hard to like have any wiggle room there with some items.
1: I think that's great. I think that's great that you take ownership over it and and kind of, you have that viewpoint on it. I, I like that discussion there for sure that, you know, ultimately on Etsy, it says, polka dot paul's by abby so i think yeah. it's great that you understand that that's the requirement or that's the request from your customers and i think that's a great way to go about it so thank you for kind of talking through that with us because i think that's probably something a lot of people can relate to yeah so before we head into the fast pass around something we've been trying to hit on recently is talking about what different resources or just tips or tricks or things that you've learned along the way that have helped you to grow your business. So is there anything that comes to mind that you think would help somebody who's starting their own project?
2: Um, I just, I mean, I, I use Instagram and I, I use it as like, I view it as like a, a personal, my personal page and I put my personal self on there and I, put stuff in my stories about what I'm doing. I'm sitting on the couch with Obi. um, And I think it makes it more personal. um, And you just, I don't know, just some people are so worried. I think about posting at every certain time and, you know, oh, well, I, I really didn't feel like posting today. And I, you know, made this post with kind of a crappy caption or something. I think just, you know, like, you should do it to have fun. And if you're not having fun, then you sh- that, that's either not the way that you should be using it. Um, I don't know, like, you know, it's we're all just on here to have fun, have a good time. If I don't have, am not in the mood to post something, I just don't post anything that day. Um, and so I think, I guess my advice is just to be real on your social media, just be who you are and, people who like that will find you and I think somebody else has said something like this on the show before uh, that felt very deja vu <laughs> but you know that's that's how it is when like I said earlier um you know when I I I was trying to not make Disney bandanas and then I was like why am I doing that this is what I love and I'm sure there's other people out there that love it too and I just started doing that. And it was I found all these people that were like, Hey, oh my gosh, you're making this like, product that I didn't even know that, you know, that wasn't out there. And now it's there. And I don't know, you just you'll find, if you just be yourself, you'll find other people who are themselves, and maybe you'll mesh together.
0: Yeah, I think that's really a healthy approach to social media, especially since we've probably all experienced like a funk where you're just posting to post. But I think right. it is important to not only be yourself, but to like listen to those gut feelings about when you should post and what you should be posting, um, because that does make it just more natural.
2: Right, and and I do that too. I'm not I'm not some perfect like being who is not affected by, you know, the pressures of social media. Um, but I try to just, I try to, you know, don't just, if you don't feel like posting, don't post. If you do, if you feel like posting three times one day, do it.
1: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's great advice for somebody who's starting out or someone who's experienced into it. That's advice for us, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> we, we fall into that category that sometimes we... We get too caught up in it instead of just having fun, like you said. So I have thoroughly enjoyed this first segment of the episode so far. It has been so great to learn more about Polka Dot Paws. I'm sure any dog parents out there have already went and looked you up on Etsy to see all those (laughs) wonderful designs. So hopefully that has happened. Um, Abby, next thing we're going to do is play the Fast Pass round. So we'll just throw out these Disney topics. And the first thing that comes to your mind so our listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better.
2: Okay, I'm ready.
0: So the first one is just name the Disney
2: parks that you have visited. Um, So I am, like I said before, I'm a West Coaster. So um, I've been to Disneyland and California Adventure countless times. Um, But I have also gone to the four main parks at Disney World in Florida just once. Um, So just Magic Kingdom, Animal Kingdom, Epcot, and Hollywood Studios.
1: So, of all of those individual parks, the six of those, which one is your favorite, and why?
2: Um, I definitely have to go with just Disneyland Park. Um, it's just, it's just like the original. It's magical. It's my, you know, my place that I've gone my whole life. Um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just that's that's my park. That feels like my home. It's hard to beat that
0: home. Yeah, for sure so if you could do if you could plan any disney trip what would be your disney bucket list trip
2: well my bucket list trip would be like the whole shebang like round world round the world trip go to every park spend like six months going on like the disney voyage to every park um but if I had to pick one, I will be stereotypical and pick Tokyo Disney Sea.
1: I mean, I was about to say, being in the Pacific Northwest, it seems so. It's not
2: that far away. <laughs>
1: yeah. Seems pretty accessible.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: That's like the one downside to us is it's really long flight.
2: Really? Yeah.
1: But I don't know.
2: I am like scared to go anywhere. I don't speak the language. That's my only kind of I know in Disney they like everyone speaks English there but it still it seems like an intimidating trip to me. Yeah. I agree with that.
1: But I bet it's a lot easier than
2: Yeah. We're very spoiled as Americans, uh, English speakers. A lot of people around the world speak English. <laughs>
1: So next question would be your favorite Disney Resort, and it doesn't necessarily have to be one that you've stayed at.
2: Um, Okay, so, well, I actually, I really want to stay at the Disneyland Resort, um, but I'm gonna say uh, the Grand Californian, um, because I have stayed there. We stayed there two nights of our week trip. We stayed two nights and splurged, and then we went and stayed at a cheap hotel the rest of the week. Um and it was amazing. It was worth it. Um, but we probably will never do it again. It's very expensive. Um, but it was so great to be able to just walk into the park. Um, if you if anyone listening doesn't know the which I'm sure most people do, but the Grand California is basically inside California Adventure. You can just like walk right off of the water ride and go up to your hotel and change your clothes and sit down for a minute. So it was pretty awesome. That's definitely a dream.
1: For sure. Were you park view or did you have downtown Disney view?
2: Um, we actually ended up somehow having a park view, which I don't think we paid for that, but we got a view like we could we were staring like right at the Grizzly Peak and like Tower of Terror in the background. It was great. That's no, like, that's awesome.
1: That's like my we ideal. also
2: thing. we stayed at um french quarter when we stayed at disney world and i would definitely stay there again too that was great
1: we haven't stayed there either
2: Mm-mm. it's really nice it's just so so much smaller than um all of the other especially the the moderates they seem like they're really spread out and i was like i really loved the like smaller feel of french quarters just like one bus stop we were at, like, the farthest away building from the main, like, dining hall, and it still, like, it wasn't even that far away.
1: Caribbean Beach is definitely somewhere you can get lost at.
2: Yeah, that was, like, our second choice, because I think it was similar in price, and um, our travel agent, you know, said there was, a, like, a deal for it, and I was like, mm, I think I want to stay at French Quarter, though.
0: Well, I think that's definitely a pro tip. The one bus stop is key because when you do start staying at some of those massive ones with like three or four stops, I mean, that in itself will take you like 30 minutes just to get out of the resort loop.
1: Looking at you, old Key West.
2: (laughs) It was really nice. I was really surprised by how easy it was to use the buses. It is
0: a nice perk.
2: For sure. I thought it was going to be like really crazy and like inconvenient and take forever, but it was really nice.
1: A lot of it's look at the draw. And
0: <laughs> it's, that is true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So our next question would be, if you could only fast pass one ride for the rest of your life, which one would it be?
2: Okay. So this is a hard question. And I always, whenever whenever I listen, I always like listen to people's, you know, answers to the fast pass round. And I always like, imagine what I would answer. But then when I had to actually answer it, I was really hard. Um, But I'm going to go with Space Mountain at Disneyland um, because I was trying to think of what the line that I would least want to stand in for was. And so at Space Mountain, um, because I love Space Mountain, but standing up on that rooftop in the sun for like an hour
0: is terrible yeah oh see that's so interesting because i was about to say that's a really good strategy because standing in the dark for however long is terrible but i guess we fast passed it like the one time that we wrote it in disneyland or two times so Mm -hmm. i don't even think that the queue is so different in disneyland
2: yeah, and I think they have some covered area up there now, but I honestly haven't stood in the standby line in a long time, so I don't even know. But I've stood up there for a long time in the past and it's definitely one to have a fast pass for. So the
1: ultimate question is Space Mountain in Magic Kingdom or Disneyland?
2: I, I I we only rode it once in Magic Kingdom, maybe twice. But I think Disneyland. Um, I didn't like the bobsled style um, seating at Magic Kingdom. Um, And I don't know. I just... I don't know exactly what it was. I just remember being like, oh, I think the Disneyland version is better.
1: (laughs) That is so interesting. (laughs) And all of the other copy rides i always give the edge to disneyland but that is the one that i pick magic kingdom
2: Mm. see i think maybe it was just the seating i also thought that the picture was in a weird spot like all the pictures that we took in disney world we look really bored in all of the ride photos because they seem to be in like not in a spot that's exciting or something if you, and so if you don't know where the camera is, like we were just, we just looked bored in all the pictures.
0: It's like the haunted mansion. I still can't figure out where the heck it is. That
2: seems like a weird one to take a photo
0: in. And I, I, I don't have, even know where it is.
1: We have some comical ones.
0: Yeah. I look bored out of my mind.
2: <laughs> we, on the dinosaur one, we just are like sitting in the seat so we don't look excited at all. <laughs>
1: Haunted Mansion is in the portrait room. I have figured that out.
2: But where? But
1: which portrait? I do not know.
2: <laughs> like at the end, or at the beginning?
1: Well, I I can just speak to Magic Kingdom. I don't know if Disneyland has it yet.
2: Oh yeah, no, Disneyland doesn't have one in in the Haunted Mansion.
1: Yeah, in Magic Kingdom it's in the portrait room. Which even then, like I'll remember that before we get on the ride, and then as soon as we get on the ride I'll forget where it <laughs> is, and we'll get off, and I'm. Like,
0: what well, just happened? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's a good answer. Like mm-hmm. that one. Sticking with rides and attractions, which one do you think is due for an exit or a refurbishment from the parks?
2: Okay, this is also hard, but I decided to go with just all of Tomorrowland in Disneyland. Um, just everything except Space Mountain just needs to be like redone. It's very like, there's nothing, I feel like it's just not cohesive right now. It's really, they had, they brought a lot of Star Wars into it. And now that we have Galaxy's Edge, I feel like that needs to go. And I don't know. I'm hoping that that like maybe after the big Epcot projects, I'm hoping that maybe Disneyland's Tomorrowland will be the next big project.
1: I honestly thought Tomorrowland was going to be a topic of discussion at D23, and they never brought it up.
2: Yeah, I was hoping that too. I think just because Epcot's getting so much, I'm sure that's a huge budget. I think that maybe after that's done. But it has so much promise. It, it I mean, it could be so cool. It, right now it's just like, a bunch of random stuff and it's kind of futuristic and there's Star Wars and there's Buzz Lightyear, I don't know. It's just like it needs it needs a refresh. I yeah. could agree with that. Yeah.
0: So kind of sticking with that same topic, which land or area
2: brings you the most inspiration? So this is also one where like the more I think about each land, the less decided I am on which one's my favorite. It's really hard for me to pick a favorite. Um, Like I'm really having, I'm really kind of having a moment with Adventureland right now. I'm really, um, we decorate our living room themed after Adventureland. And so I'm kind of into that right now, but I think I have to just go with Main Street. Um, cause it's just like, when you walk down main street, that's just like, I'm here, I'm at Disneyland or, you know, at magic kingdom even, um, it's just like, it's, it's like the, the prelude to the park. And it's like, you walk down that street and you, all the sights and the smells and the lights and, and you're just like happy. So I'm going to go with main street.
1: That's a good answer. You can spend hours on Main Street, just taking it all in. People watching, taking in the smells and the sounds. If I'm ever listening to, like, park music on a loop on YouTube, it's always Main Street.
2: You can't can't venture
1: out to anything else.
2: I also, I like to listen to, um, well, I guess they wouldn't have it in Disney World, but in Disneyland and the Esplanade between the two parks, they play, like, sometimes they're all like instrumental but sometimes it's like park music sometimes it's music from movies it's like ride music um and that's i always listen to that um it's just like good background music
1: i've listened to that one too it's very, <laughs> it's very good yeah pixar pier is up there as well but mm, yeah maybe not. that should be a question what's your favorite music in a Sound land like...
2: yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So next one would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack.
2: Um, okay, so I picked two. My favorite like sweet snack is um, the peanut butter square from the like candy place. Um, it's just like a graham cracker and like an inch of peanut butter. And then it's like covered in chocolate. Um, that's like my favorite dessert snack.
1: Why have I never had those before?
2: I don't know. That you amazing. should have it. You can get them like on the one on Main Street or um like at Disneyland, they also have have it uh like in Pooh's Corner back in Critter Country and downtown Disney they also have it at Marceline's confectionery. So I'm sure it's at all the candy stores in Walt Disney World, too. But it's just like a big chocolate square and it's got like a red Mickey Mouse on top. I think it's red, but we get those and like and eat the whole thing in one sitting. I usually eat some and then I put it in the fridge overnight. And then in the morning, I have a, like a little breakfast snack and it's like cold from the fridge. It's really good. Ooh, pro tip, yeah, 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 tip <laughs> life pack.
1: What was your um, other one?
2: Yeah, my other one is um, at Disneyland, when you go towards the castle and then you take a left to the, like, princess area, there's a little stand called Maurice's Treats and the cheddar garlic bagel twist, and then the boysen apple freeze, like, a slushy drink. And those are both amazing. I always get that.
1: Those were on our spreadsheet when we went to Disneyland to get, and we didn't make it
2: over there. No, we didn't. Yeah, it's really good. You definitely should go back and just get that and then leave. <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it. That's how good it is.
1: We also never even like got close to that little theater that's over there.
2: Oh, it's that little area is really cool, and I really like it um, at night because neither of the things are open at night, so it's just like empty um because it just has a princess fairy tale hall where you like meet the princesses and then the little theater where they do like princess um shows and at night there's nothing going on but the little rapunzel tower like her hair lights up and the music plays and it's really cool
1: mm, that does sound cool
2: yeah. yeah i would like that so sticking with
0: food what is your favorite table service restaurant and quick service restaurant
2: um, so for my table service, I picked Cafe Orleans, um, in New Orleans Square. Um, they have these, like, pommes frites, which are like French fries with, like, Parmesan cheese, and that has this sauce, this dipping sauce that's really good. And I always get a little cup of gumbo, and then maybe, like, a salad or something to, like you know round out the meal um but that is that is like one of the best places
0: we're like salivating over here that sounds
2: amazing (laughs) it was I um, I had to sit down with my husband and like go through all these questions and try to like pick out because I swear I'm always like oh man you know what sounds really good right now like something from Disneyland and then but then when we're in the park it's like what do you want to eat and I'm like I don't know or, like, if it's, you know, what's your favorite restaurant? I'm like, I don't know. I just like all of them. <laughs> so hard to pick.
1: That is 100%. We make so many lists of treats and places that we want to eat, and then when we get there, and it never happens.
2: Not yeah, never.
0: It's just hard.
1: It'll be like, oh, we forgot to get that thing from Backlot Express. Do you really want to walk all the way over there? <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah, I feel that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about quick service?
2: Um, For quick service, I went with the... The temporary but pretty permanent Red Rose Tavern. Um, in, in Fantasyland, it was supposed to be a temporary overlay of, uh, I think it's Pinocchio's Village House or something. And it's been Red Rose Tavern for, like, years now.
1: <clears throat> I still say but, that is the best burger I've ever had in Disney park.
2: It's really good. Um, I think we've had the chicken burger and then uh like the french fries those french fries are really similar to the cafe orleans french fries so i think we're sensing a theme with my favorite food
1: <laughs> <laughs> and red rose is somewhere we just like stumbled into
2: yeah i think yeah, we were just kind of like- it's kind of hidden
1: yeah i i remember the only reason we went there is because your sister lost her ears on big thunder and when she went back to look for him, we had to stand next to Red Rose, and we we're like, "Well, we might as well just eat here since we're standing right here." Yeah. So thank you, it's Liz, a- for losing your ears.
2: <laughs> she never it's found them like, either. Just, like, just sit in too. It's a nice little like place to just sit in there, and like they play Beauty and the Beast music, and that's like. I mean, I guess we'll give away that my answer to another question, which is I love Beauty and the Beast. So. <laughs> that was the next question. Yes, so I'm Beauty and the Beast is like my top number one um, but honorable mentions are also Lion King um like t- I love also love Tangled and Moana out of like the newer ones. both of those are solid um, but Lion King I watched a lot as a kid and like into adulthood um, but Beauty and the Beast is always like my number one yeah.
1: Solid.
0: Those are all solid choices. Yeah. <laughs> so sticking with Disney favorites, what would be your favorite Disney quote?
2: Um, this was also a hard, hard to pick a favorite because um, there's so many good ones. Um, but I, I really just love um, Walt's speech from the opening day of Disneyland, um, and especially like listening to the recording of him, like giving the speech, just like, I don't know, gets me every time. Um, And I I guess to like pick a phrase out of there that I like the most, um, just like listening to him say in 1955, when he opened this park and everyone thought he was just crazy. And he says, um, you know, I hope it's a, a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. And it really, that's what it became. It's like a worldwide phenomenon. Um, And it it provides joy and inspiration to, I'm sure, everybody here who's listening to this. Um, And I just think it's like, it's just crazy, like how right he was.
1: For sure. It is awesome to think about of what it's become and what it means to so many different people. So I can 100% get on board with that. I often listen to that recording Anytime yeah.
2: I think the the thing that I always hear it on is like the the train loop where you like, you know, take a the Grand Circle tour and then like, but it it plays it always plays out at the beginning, like right before that, on some playlist that I have it, and yeah, much like it.
1: So, last question of the Fast Pass round is your favorite Disney parks memory.
2: Oh, okay, so. I mean, really, the answer is just, like, all of them, because all of the memories, that's what makes it what it is. Um, but a really cool one is that a couple of years ago, my husband and I were going down to Disneyland, and uh, we were just engaged at the time. Um, and we were down there, and, you know, my my parents are, like, into it, too, and so... Um, my mom was texting me like, what are you guys doing right now? Like, what are you going to do next? And I was like, Oh, we're eating some breakfast and then we're going to go ride the roller coaster. And I'm like, you know, she just wants to like live through what we're doing. So we go over to the roller coaster and as we're getting on, my parents are getting off of the same car that we were getting on. And we were just like, what? And so my parents surprised us in Disneyland and like spent the week with us. Um, and it was just, like, it was nuts. Like, I don't even remember the, the ride because I was just, like, in shock. And when we got off, they were, like, waiting in the picture area. And, like, they were, like, did we surprise you? I was, like, uh yeah. I I don't know how they, like, kept that a secret.
1: Man, that
2: was impressive.
1: <laughs> what was their plan on how they were going to surprise you? Because there's no way that they planned for it to be... On an exit to A. No. Yeah, you know, they
2: just were gonna be over near the roller coaster when we got over there. And they were like, Oh well, we'll just get in line, like it's a short line. And they just thought like when we got over there they would be done already and they'd be waiting. But they just were like, Oh, we'll just ride it real quick. And then we this was like the exact same car that they were getting off we were getting on.
0: man That is so funny. What
1: are the odds? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so that was pretty crazy and then now like every time we go they're like we promise we're not going to like uh uh show up on your vacation this time.
1: That is hilarious. <laughs> that is
0: so fun.
2: But yeah, that was pretty fun cuz they're they're fun to go with. They're my parents are like I don't know, energetic and crazy and yeah, I think they like can go longer than we can now. <laughs> we're like we're like, oh, our feet are tired. And my dad's like, let's go to Space Mountain. <laughs> yeah.
1: I know that was a very intentional run in, but I'm always interested. I want to have like a competition of who's the most random person that you've ever ran into in a <laughs> Disney park. Because I feel like you'll see like random people from your hometown or
2: yeah, whatever
1: else. We're yeah. always afraid since Catherine's a teacher that we're going to see some of her students <laughs> down there.
2: It hasn't happened yet. I have a friend um, and her mom and they have passes and they, they live here too in Washington. Um, But they're there every time we go and they just are there all the time. I think. (laughs) Living the life. Yep. Yeah.
1: Well, awesome. So last question that's of course what we ask all of our guests and it's if you have one piece of parting guidance that you can give to someone who's looking to jump into the community either as a Disney content creator or as a product creator just what would you tell somebody in that position
2: I think I, I mean if you want to do it just do it do it for fun and do it because you love it don't be do, don't do it for somebody else do it for you and do it because it's your you know your hobby or it's your passion and that will that will come through
1: yeah that is excellent advice I think that's probably the best advice you can give anybody and that gets everybody's intentions aligned and, and everything involved with that. So that is a great answer. So thank you so much for this interview. This has been so much fun learning more about you and your business and OB of course as well. <laughs> Last thing, if you could remind our listeners where they can connect with you online.
2: Uh, yeah. So I'm on Instagram at polka dot pause by Abby. There's an E in there. A-B-B-E-Y. Um, I'm also on Facebook. Um, I don't post on there very often, but I am on there. Um, and there's links to my email or you can message me through my Etsy shop too. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, perfect. So we will definitely include all of those in our show notes. So if you're looking to connect with Abby, you can definitely find them really easily. But like Brendan said, we were really excited to finally get the chance to talk to you and get to know more about you and just everything that you're doing because we really are such big fans. So thank you again for joining us.
2: Yeah, well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm I'm honestly like honored to be among like all of your your guests because I'm... I'm an honest like listener of the podcast. I listen to you guys all the time, and I love hearing from other small shops and people i people I already followed and people I hadn't heard of yet, and finding new new friends and new connections. And yeah, so I'm I'm really happy to be on here. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Subscribe to the show and leave a review to
0: help more people find us. Follow us on Instagram at Detour to Neverland underscore podcast. see our pictures from the parks. See you real soon!